Welcome to Hashtag Gen Z. I'm your host, Megan Grace. Hashtag Gen Z is a podcast about, as you guessed it, Generation Z, the generation of young people born between 1995 and 2010. It's about who they are, what they believe in, why they do what they do, and what makes them different than any other generation. Welcome to episode 12, which will be our final episode of season one. This has been an incredible journey, and I've loved all of it. Well, not necessarily all of it. Some late night editing may have gotten the best of me at times, but I can confidently say I've loved the strong majority of it. And as I'm wrapping up this season, I've been trying to reflect on what the last few months have been like as I've started my podcasting adventure. While I normally interview a member of Generation Z, I wanted this episode to be an opportunity to reflect on my time. So I looked to someone who played a part in helping me get started in podcasting to help guide my reflective process. Dustin Ramsdell is a higher ed geek, blogger, and podcaster who's been producing episodes for various shows for over four years. He worked on the Student Affairs Collective podcast, creating over 100 episodes with higher education professionals, and now hosts his own show, The Higher Ed Geek Podcast, where he explores the intersections of our passions and strengths with various guests. Dustin also worked as a student affairs lead at Noodle Partners, where he enables universities to develop their digital education programs. He loves craft beer, good pizza, and sustainability. Dustin lives happily in Baltimore, Maryland with his wife, Jen, and their dog, Chelsea. I'd like to welcome my guest, Dustin Ramsdell, and my friend in Hired Podcasting. Dustin is the host of the Hired Geek Podcast, where he explores passion, strengths, and other cool stuff with his guest. Honestly, I'm quite terrible at active reflection, so I needed to call in the big guns, and I couldn't think of a better guest to help me with this episode. So Dustin, thank you so much for hanging out with me today and for helping me with this episode. Yeah, you're welcome. I appreciate the uh, opportunity here of uh, getting around to different podcasts and talking to folks about cool stuff. So um, yeah, I really appreciate the invite. Well, and you've been a part of my podcasting journey for a while. I think we talked way back in what February of 2018 and I was like, I don't even know where to go. Like I kind of get the whole process, but I'm, I'm like feeling very not confident in my abilities right now. And you really did give me the boost of confidence and the kick in the butt. So I thank you so much for that because it's been such a fun journey and really become one of my favorite activities. So I can't thank you enough for that. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a, yeah, a little behind the scenes stuff there. Yeah. And I'm happy to help. I've uh, you know talked to a lot of folks about this. It's something that I just personally enjoy as a medium. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I enjoy helping others kind of find their voice and figure out all the technical stuff and everything. So happy to help. And I'm glad it's been uh, an enjoyable process for you so far. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of an interesting episode. Normally I would, interview a member of Generation Z, but since I'm wrapping up season one of Hashtag Gen Z podcast, which is kind of interesting, um, I, I wanted to interview myself, but I didn't know how that was going to go down. So I'm actually going to turn it over to you and you're going to interview me, which is kind of an interesting podcast that we're going to do today, but you know, we're just going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've been yeah, on quite a journey talking to different folks and um, you know, just kind of synthesizing it and uh, bringing it together for yourself and for you know everybody else too. So uh yeah, this is uh, something I appreciate to say, uh, this kind of active reflection. So yeah, I mean, I know this is something that you requested, like that you asked of other people, and we'll kind of just start out here to kind of put your thoughts in sort of the context of all the other folks that you've talked to. So, and maybe it's changed, or maybe it's stayed the same throughout all the conversations that you've had, uh, but what is your 
favorite thing about Gen Z? Yeah, I mean, that is something I do ask every one of my my guests, even my co-author, Dr. Corey C. Miller. And I think my favorite thing about Gen Z, and I've, I've had quite a bit of time to think about it, and it's really hard to boil that down into what would my one favorite thing be. But I think it's their passion to change the world. And I say that because it's, it's really like their world, whether that is the their immediate neighborhood or their school or really literally quite the world and taking care of the environment. They are just so fired up about making the world, even just their world, a better place. And I think they're informed on issues and they have more tools and technology at their disposal to do good things. And I just hope that they they take that and run with it through, you know, being youth and adolescents and young adults through their time as, as adults. And so I think that's my favorite thing. I think that their passion to change the world at such a young age is something I admire in them. And it's probably my favorite thing. And I'm very trusting of them if we give them the right opportunities to do wonderful things. Mm, yeah. Um, well, yeah. And I guess it's just like, I'm sure, you know, as just sort of the the amateur here, I guess, you know, if, if the data necessarily backs this up or whatever, but like, it just is sort of objectively true is like, you know, they're younger people and they would just like to live in a world that like still exists and isn't like ravaged by climate or, you know, just like that the sort of, you know, figurative world is more just and better to live in and all those sort of things. So it's just that idea of like, you know, you know, like I feel that way, like, especially climate wise, I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'm getting to the point where, I, you know, I don't really want to have some children someday and I want them to be able to live in a world that's not like Mad Max, you know, like, Absolutely. so it's just like that idea of like s- sensing the urgency there and kind of, you know, making the world what you would want it to be, you know, and like what you're optimistic for and hopeful and just that you feel like change is possible, you know, just some people just are kind of cynical and just like, no, you just accept the things the way they are and all that. So yeah, I mean, that that's a great thing. That's just kind of a, you know, it's a very dynamic part of, you know, a lot of what we're seeing today yeah, manifests in a lot of different ways and different issue, different issues and how people are organizing and those sort of things. So that is pretty fascinating parts of uh, Gen Z. And so, you know, you, you noted this, this is a new endeavor for you. I've gotten through an entire season and I'm sure, you know, I guess more so, you know, the, maybe the content of like Gen Z related or like podcasting related or just in general, you know, like you're doing something new, you're taking a risk, you're putting yourself out there, finding your voice and all those sort of things. Like what are like some big takeaways for you, um, you know, across all those sort of things, or if it's just one thing that's like really salient for you, but you know, what are big takeaways for you from this past season? I think a big takeaway for me, and I think it's, it's both Gen Z and podcasting related that when we give young people an opportunity to share their voice, I think that that's one of those things where podcasting can be such a good platform for that, um, to, to share what young people are doing today, to give them a platform to talk about issues they care about or, or things they're doing in their community. And so I, I think that from the beginning part of how I wanted to go about this, I wanted to see research come to life. And I really just started to look at people's lives and the the way that podcasting can be such a, a powerful medium for storytelling and a, a powerful platform for for giving people voice because I, I feel like I went into this thinking like I needed so much content I needed to prepare ahead of time but really I was just sitting back and listening and that was probably my biggest takeaway is like listening more than I thought I was actually going to be talking and then as I do the editing I'm like actually I don't hear my own voice all that much I get to listen to these incredible young people sharing their stories so biggest takeaway I think as I I pull that out into what I do into my day-to-day life when I'm not podcasting is how do I continue to create create those avenues for giving 
whether it's Gen Z or the people I work with on campus, how do I give people voice more and give them the airspace and give them a place to, to share their experience, share their thoughts, share their opinions. And I think that's my, my big takeaway. If I take podcasting to my, my real life and my real world outside of it, that's it is giving platform, giving voice and, and hearing people out and then helping them do what they need to do. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, I mean, that's generally applicable to life, uh, which is always nice. And um, yeah, certainly good for podcasting as well. I mean, this episode will be different while you edit it. You are going to hear stuff more. But uh, yeah, generally that's like, you know, when you have guests, especially it's like, yeah, it's like I would want them to be, you know, uh, sharing all the good stuff that they're doing and not have, uh, you know, me as the host, you know, talking over them or anything, but I'm just trying to provide any sort of um, commentary, I guess. But yeah, I mean, listening is good for, you know, uh, supporting this uh, incoming generation, uh, good for podcasting and good for life. So um, that's uh, quite the, uh, quite the great takeaway for sure. Um, But I guess in regards to podcasting as somebody who's been doing this for several years, um, I'm curious, and I, I guess I may partially, be involved in this. I don't know if I had level set expectations. I hope I did, but like, <laughs> has podcasting been what you expected? I mean, kind of like the good, bad, the ugly. Cause I mean, it's, it's a technical process that can get to be kind of painstaking at times and can take a lot of time to, to do it, you know, in terms of the labor and such, but I guess, yeah, has podcasting been what you expected? So I think I had so two parts to that. It's been a lot more. Like I feel very emotionally connected to it now, and I feel like you can probably identify with that um, because there is this community of people, um, and you're part of kind of cultivating those communities online as well of people that are podcasting that are always willing to provide support and help. And so it's like I talked with you, I talked with uh, Josie Alquist going into it, and. I think that I got a good sense of the hard work that goes into it. And it makes me appreciate people that do this either as their full-time job or they do this far more often than I do and produce things that are far more technical than I do, but I have such a great appreciation for it. So I think from a technical capacity, I was uh, mentally prepared. I think emotionally, I wasn't prepared for the opportunities that I was going to have to build really good relationships and become friends with some of these people that I've interviewed. And there's this group of young people that I would never have known if I didn't go down this journey. I mean, obviously I've talked to people like a co-author, but I talk to her almost every day and I wouldn't have had the opportunity to interview like Natalie Riso on my episode on social media or Haley Hoffman Smith on my um, episode on entrepreneurship, who those are two young women that I feel like I can just text when something comes up and we've developed a really good friendship when I'm like cheering for them and like being a part of their journey and their story and cheering for them on the sideline as they're growing and building these incredible careers. And like, in my opinion, just like taking over the world. But then, you know, I interviewed some little, little Z's, some young Gen Z's, and I'm still related to some of their family members connected to their family members. They're just like, Oh, you know, here's a picture of them on Halloween or, you know, they're doing really well. And so I feel like I developed this group of friends. I didn't mean necessarily to develop and beyond just the community of podcasters that are there to support and do that. I think it was a lot more relational than I expected. Um, and building good friendships, building new friendships, new relationships in a professional space, but then also, um, people that I can turn to that are supporters. And it was just more relational than I thought it was going to be. Hey pup. Up in there. Um, but it was more relational than I thought it was going to be because sometimes you think of podcasting as like just one or two people sitting behind a microphone. Doesn't sound, that sound lonely? I mean, I record from my, my guest bedroom floor. 
kind of sounds like a silly episode or a, a silly hobby to have, but for me, I'm connecting with people and I get to be a part of their story and share their story. And I think that that is such an important thing to do. And I feel so honored and blessed to be able to be a medium to do that for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think and that's what I've learned. Like, and I think it's definitely built some confidence and even when people don't get back or you can't figure out the time or whatever, so many people have been generous with their time and just be feeling okay, like just kind of reaching out to people and, you know, building those relationships. Like you said, I think that's such a great thing. And yeah, podcasting is a great excuse just to reach out to people you want to talk to, to kind of have a reason to have like a really in-depth conversation to, you know, again, like you benefit from it, but you make it as something that's really valid, like valuable and relevant to other people as well. And yeah, I think it's sometimes, yeah, it's unexpected how generous people can be, but uh yeah. And like, sometimes like the technical pieces or yeah, like how you make the time for it, you have recording from your floor or, you know, try to build up just capability to kind of do things pretty solidly from home, but then also do stuff on the road and go visit people, do it in person and yeah, record via, you know, different uh, online tools as well to be able to have good conversations with the people that I'd like to talk to. So yeah, I think it can take you in unexpected places and build relationships in unexpected ways. But yeah, I feel like having it's just like in a simple sense, like having really good conversations as a way of doing that, you know, like you talk about things that you're passionate and uh, just sort of uh, goes from there. But I'm curious, I don't know, because I've certainly had my fair share. um, So you could take this uh, any number of ways of like, uh, you know, uh, technical snafus or, you know, just in terms of, yeah, like knowing better now than you did at the beginning or something. But is there anything different that you had done in hindsight with the podcast in terms of just any aspect of it or like, you know, like you just didn't know what you didn't know in terms of like technical pieces of audio recording or something. But yeah, I guess just any reflections on just like stuff you wish you did differently and maybe work into the uh, looking towards the future as well. But, you know, in terms of stuff that maybe you weren't able to get to, but you could still get to it in the future. So it's not obviously like a huge regret, but yeah, I guess just any reflections uh, that way of like anything you might've done differently, I guess, in hindsight. I think I would have started earlier. I think I was hung up on this gap of like being like, I don't know anything about audio editing. I don't know anything about recording. Like, and then I bought the microphone and I was like, well, this is a thing that's in my house now. So I guess I should learn. So I think I would have, I would have started earlier. Maybe I should have uh, found a way to get connected to you earlier and, and get that kick in the butt that I needed. I think the other thing I would have done is given myself grace a little bit more, uh, not to make a pun on my last name. I do that all the time. But I think like giving myself a little bit more leeway to be, to recognize it's okay to make mistakes that if you don't edit out every little thing that goes on in the background, every little airplane, all that kind of stuff. Like people are here for the stories. They're not here for like a perfectly produced something or another. Maybe we'd get there one day, but um, I think that I was doing so much on content and making sure that every last second was perfect and, you know, beautifully manicured. And then I realized that they weren't probably paying attention to the the tiny little transition that wasn't completely off that I spent 35 minutes trying to make completely perfect. So I wish I would have given myself a little bit more grace in the beginning. And now it, it feels a lot more natural technically in that process of figuring out how to make the transitions natural or, uh, you know, mixing the music a little bit better or whatever that is. It was one of those things where I think I let my nearing perfectionism get the best of me in being scared to release the content early on. I think I sat on my my first few episodes for like a few weeks longer than I should have because it's, it's today the day. I don't know if today's the day. I'm not really sure. I should give it one more look. And so I think that I would have done that differently. And I think 
because I thought it was such a lonely process in the beginning, thinking like it's just me and a microphone, that it was going to be really, I was the only one that was saying like it was good enough. And that was a, a learning thing that I had in my life was that I had to recognize it was good enough and people wanted to hear it. So I just hit send. Uh, yeah, that's real though. You know, yeah, it's like the, you know, just getting paralyzed by uh, the desire for it to be perfect. I've certainly been there. I mean, with the podcast, but like just other like aspects of my life, you know, that's just the thing that humans go through sometimes. Like, and it's better for it to happen than for it to need to be perfect. And um, that's great that you were able to kind of push through that and uh, just get it out into the world and get moving because then the momentum starts and yeah, you just get better because you're just continually doing it, you know, and just that process mm -hmm. continues to hone your skills. And yeah, I'm glad, you know, like any help that I was able to give to start getting that started. But I mean, that's like to your credit of being able to, you know, uh, do some soul searching and push through the, you know, uh, that sort of uh, paralysis that you had there. But um, yeah, I mean, that, that's, it's tough. Cause yeah, I mean, there, there's never going to be, uh, I think a perfect episode, you know, just when you're, especially when you're not like, yeah, have two people in a sound studio and everything's controlled and there's somebody monitoring the audio and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, like the, the content, the message, matters and i listen to a lot of like prestigious you know or like associated with like pretty influential organizations and it's like they sound a little like rough at the edges sometimes but it's like it's again it's a matter of the message if the content is good it you know more often than not you know kind of boils to the top and you know people find it and uh, they get the takeaways of what you're uh, putting forth. So, yeah, it did make me feel better. I had some like very close friends that, you know, might not necessarily be researchers or really playing in the higher education space, but, or like they'll support me through anything. And they're like, you did a really good job. And I was like, are you soccer momming me right now and telling me that I did a good job, even though I didn't do a good job? They're like, no, we didn't know you had any of these skills. So that did make me feel better that like my everyday, you know, listeners were, affirming that and, and making me feel a little bit better about it. It's not easy when we have like these incredibly professionally produced podcasts. Like I think my first podcast was Serial and then I followed up with like Up and Vanished. And so these are like two podcasts that are like NPR and a guy that did documentary film. So I also had to like ha have that moment where I'm like, Megan, you're not a documentary filmmaker. So like swallow that, swallow that pill and, and learn a new skill <laughs> is kind yeah. of what I did. And I'm so glad I did. And now I feel so much more empowered. I feel like now I'm addicted to podcasts, which is a problem. Like I'm like, Oh, that could be a really fun podcast. No one's doing that. Maybe I should do that. <laughs> so, and now I might yep, be a podcast yep. addict, uh, <laughs> true life. That might be me. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, it does uh, start a little bit of a bug uh, that way. Cause yeah, I look and I appreciate that more and more folks are jumping in like you did where, you know, just kind of scrappy young upstart shows that are, uh, you know, just handful episodes in and they're, they're putting themselves out there and covering different topics in higher ed. And yeah, I want to, you know, try to help foster that as much as I can and help people out when they reach out and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of, cause I think it's the balance for me for sure that like with my own show and efforts and stuff like that, like the external validation being helpful. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this as well, like reflecting, but like the external validation being really helpful to affirm, but not requiring it. So that's been like a personal journey that I'm still figuring out is like being internally motivated to do a show my way and not needing, you know, all the numbers in the world or, you know, uh, all the affirmations or, you know, people praising me or whatever. It's like doing my show my way and feeling okay with that myself kind of thing. So I don't know if that was like part of what worked into, you know, any initial roadblocks or anything like that. But I guess just, yeah, like reflections, I think like, yeah, people will maybe even start, but of course nothing's going to be a smash hit out of the gate. 
so like they're obviously just determining all of their measures of success from external sources. So I don't know, maybe like what that journey has been like for you in terms of just like validating and like balancing, you know, the affirmations of others external with your own kind of motivation to keep doing this thing that can, you know, take a lot of time and yeah, be frustrating at times in terms of like the minutiae of editing or whatnot. But I guess uh, what, what was that process been like for you? Yeah. So it was great to have like people that'd be like, oh, I really liked that episode or, you know, in the beginning it was, it was good to get that. And I think that my, as much as I'm like a, an analytics junkie, like I love to measure everything that I had to stay away from looking at like who was streaming, how many daily downloads, like that kind of stuff. What, because that was, I knew that that would be one of those things where I was like, I'm going to just get so wrapped up in it. Like I, I had to tell myself from that, from the very beginning that it didn't matter. And so I had to really pivot the way that I was thinking about affirming that this podcast meant something to people. And sometimes it was actually just hearing back from my guests or seeing them sharing the content on their own social media and saying they were excited and having them, you know, share with their friends. And that was to me sometimes more important that they had a good time. They were sharing their story and that they were excited about it. And that I was giving them a place to do that. I think that that, again, if I go back to anything of why I do what I do in this space of working to understand Generation Z, it is to be an advocate for this generation. And this has been a medium for me to do that. And I have said that a few times, but I think that was my form of of validation. It wasn't looking at, wow, I'm like getting a thousand downloads a day. I'm not, and that's fine. Um, It's really the the sharing of the people that want to hear it. Or when I've got someone that is at a conference that I'm speaking at, or I've met somewhere and they're like, oh yeah, I've been listening to your podcast. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, thank you. I I always joke. I'm like, I'm sorry that you've done extra credit and listened to this voice more than you had to today. Um, But you know, it's, it's always cool to have someone say like, oh, I've been listening to your podcast or I was listening to your podcast in preparation to come to this session or whatever that was, is a far greater form of validation for me than seeing how many people downloaded it on the first day. And I was also really, because I I try to be as intentionally authentic on my social media, I try not to, to spam and be like, don't forget to download this. It's like, I put it up on my Instagram story. I put it up on Twitter. And then those who want to find it, find it. Those who have subscribed, have subscribed. I don't try to, to overwhelm it. So I think that that validation was something that I had to, to seek out elsewhere, that it wasn't numbers. It wasn't social media flow of whatever that looked like. It was the people that would share it or send me the text that they enjoyed it or came up to me in person when I saw them. And they're like, this has been really cool. So mm-hmm. That's why I've had to reframe it because I am, I'm an analytics person. I'm a data person. I want to know that the reach is out there and I had to reframe that in my mind. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I've, I've fallen in that trap many a times in terms of just like trying to, I don't know, reinforce any vulnerabilities, but just being like, oh, how many people are downloading my show? Like, you know, just like really getting into that. And it's just like, sometimes it makes no sense. A lot of people listen on one day, not so many the next day. And then like, sometimes it's obvious where it's like, well, I, yeah, I've been posting a bunch about it. So more people are downloading, of course. But then some days it's like, I literally posted it nowhere and a bunch of people that like, and yeah, and it's the idea of, you know, balance and sort of harmony with other things where it's like, yes, you know, you're an analytical person. So I'm sure it's like, yes, I want to see maybe like what episodes are tracking or not or whatever, but like, you're not going to get stuck up in daily downloads, but it's like, you're also not going to never look in there to see like, you know, any uh, information. So yeah, that's really important. Cause yeah, obviously like you recognize like, yes, I could probably like post more about it on every single channel and always just be like, wait and subscribe, please. Like you're just like getting off in people's faces, but it's like, 
to a certain extent, it's like, yeah, people will find it. Word of mouth is far more uh, effective and, you know, those sort of things. So you can continue to shout into the void if you want, but it's like, <laughs> you know, it's only going to help like so much and maybe just people downloading randomly, but they don't actually like listen to more than an episode or two. But yeah, but I think that's really good. And I guess, you know, so you've learned uh, a lot of different things uh, through this first season and uh, I don't know, like what your plans are for the future and, you know, it could just be general for yourself and the work that you're doing uh, in this realm, but um, or you know, more specific to the podcast, if you want to do a little exclusive teaser here, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, like, what are you excited about for the future? Yeah, I definitely want to keep podcasting. This is not just a one season, one season wonder. We're not in a serial style anthology. So much more. BBC show or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like how bad would that be? Get everyone riled up and then be like, just kidding. No, we'll be back. Um, We'll being me and waffles, my cat in the background most of the time. And I am really excited again to, I think that we're talking more and more about Generation Z. I feel like I am um, just in what I do professionally that there's more people that want to talk about it. So I want to continue to think about who are some of those partners in the spaces in that regard, thinking, telling the stories of Generation Z, but there's some organizations and people that are working to make industries and future environments for Generation Z kind of more friendly for that. And so I would love to explore some people, older generations, members of older generations that are doing just that and thinking about this is how we've done an overhaul or this is how we've changed what we're doing a little bit to be Gen Z friendly. Because I think that's important for the actionable nature of what I do is to help organizations and individuals be better and, and think differently about what we're doing and being better in that context is understanding Gen Z and how they can engage and empower them. So that's one thing I'm excited about doing is thinking about who are those partners that are helping spread those messages. Then obviously I'm always just on the hunt for really awesome, badass Gen Z members that are doing really (laughs) cool stuff or even that are just living their everyday life and want to come on and share what it's like to be a young person today. So I, I love being able to interview people that are you know, I, I use Natalie as a great example just because she is just an absolute rock star in the social media space and has really created this incredible career for herself. But not everybody that I talk to is a three-time LinkedIn top voice, and that's okay. They they still have something really awesome to share. And I think even she would be able, she would be an advocate of me saying that as there's some really awesome people out there that are doing great stuff. And I want to be able to give them a platform for that too. So things I'm excited about, keep doing what we're doing. Um, it's one of those things that when you work in generational research, it's a kind of like trying to hit a moving target. Sometimes if you don't know what report's going to come out the next day, we don't know what is going to happen, what Gen Z is going to rally around, what they're going to get excited about. So I do get the the privilege and the honor of trying to, to stay what's cool with the kids. And something might come up where I'm like, okay, I need to do an episode on this and I need to do it quickly because it's timely. So I'm going to take a little bit of a break through the end of, of the year and hopefully come back, you know, maybe February of next year with some new content. If we're being completely honest with one another, I would love to, to build out the team a little bit more. When I say the team, think about how I might be able to bring some Gen Z in on the production side of things. So if you know of anybody cool, anybody that wants to be an intern, um, oh. think about production, that'd be helpful because I think that there's something valuable in having a member of Generation Z also seeking out their peers that are doing cool stuff. 
um, because sometimes I'll find people that I know through my professional network or a friend of a friend or, you know, someone's kid or someone's student. But I think that there's something that I've always wanted this to be a way that we can learn about Gen Z from Gen Z. And so what better way than to bring someone in on the production side? So those are some goals. I haven't really ironed out anything officially. I'm going to take a little bit of a brain break for, for a few weeks though. Mm-hmm. I'm well, excited that's about, yeah. yeah, I'm excited yeah. about a break. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's where often good ideas can come from is like, yeah, almost just like go relax, you know, especially like over the holidays, like go be bored for a while because then you'll probably have an epiphany versus like, you know, forcing your mind to try and, you know, come up with something. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for all of that. That all sounds like great stuff. And yeah, bringing in, uh, Gen Z folks to be more active as part of the, uh, production and, um, having their point of view and, um, and I guess if I'm spacing, but like, uh, have you had anybody from like another country that's part of Gen Z? Cause I feel like that could be interesting too. Cause I think it is just like, like you said, even just people like living today who are young people, like they don't have to be somebody who's, you know, this exemplar of uh, any sort of discipline or anything like that. It is just like, it's a very unique time to be alive for any of us, uh, much less people who are like still, you know, learning and growing into who they are as a, uh, as an adult. So yeah, I'm sure that there's still that so much be, right around. Yeah. That would be so interesting because I have done a little bit of international work this year, both in research and then just in partnership and doing some speaking abroad. And it would be really interesting to, because right now I'm just a consumer of that research or I'm, I'm helping produce that research, but to connect with, with young people in Gen Z that are in different countries. I mean, that's just something that I'm incredibly fascinated by because generational research in, in, in the most sense is pretty US centric. It's a very American, not that other countries aren't doing it, but it's not to the scale that America gets with this like almost like crazed fanatic mindset about understanding generations. And it could also just be where I'm, I'm placed in the world that I think everything's US centric, but um, as we've worked with some other people, it, it is something that is it's on the horizon in other places and understanding this of what is the global nature of a generation, what is country specific, what is uh, contextual to the the region or, or the area of the world that young people have grown up in. So I would definitely be interested in that. Thank you for the idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all good stuff. And I think uh, yeah, just being well positioned to plan out uh, more great stuff for 2019. It's uh, all very exciting, but uh, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's been great talking to you. I don't know if you have any final thoughts to uh, wrap the ep- wrap up the episode with, but yeah, I mean, this is all just really interesting to me as somebody who, again, was a little bit behind the scenes as you uh, started this journey and just hearing you yeah, after the, the first season, it uh, sounds like you've had a great experience with podcasting, which warms my heart and I'm excited <laughs> to hear that you are continuing with it, but uh yeah, I guess any any final thoughts to, to wrap up the episode on? I, I think that my final thoughts would be thank you again for, for being here and helping me with all of this. It is, as I said, one of my, my new favorite hobbies and I'm excited to be able to be a part of kind of this awesome podcasting community and it is, it's such a trendy thing to do. So people are like, oh my goodness, you have a podcast? And I'm like, yes, I'm so cool. But in reality, I'm like, I 
sit in my guest room on the floor, talk by myself to other people <laughs> online. <laughs> but no, it's been such an incredible experience. And season one was more than I could have ever imagined. There were times when I had to mute myself because guests would be talking about these incredible things. And I'm like sitting over here kind of like choking back tears because I'm just like so proud to know them or I'm just moved by the things that they're doing. And it's just, I feel really blessed to be able to say that that's something that I get to do and be a part of. So those are my thoughts. That's, mm. that's my reflection. Wonderful thoughts they are. Um, <laughs> thank you. Well, yeah. Well, no, I mean, yeah. And thank you for, for all that you shared and your time to talk and uh, you know, all the work that you're doing here and elsewhere. And uh, yeah, just appreciate the, uh, the opportunity for sure. So good. Uh, have a good holiday and uh, look you. forward to seeing you back for season two. I know. Thank you so much. And again, thank you for support you give me and for all of the higher ed podcasters we couldn't do without you. I want to extend another thank you to my friend and podcasting Dustin Ramsdell for giving me the kick in the butt to start podcasting and for helping me with this episode. What started as an idea to stay consistent with emerging Generation Z research has turned into one of my favorite ways to interact with these incredible members of Gen Z. I've learned so much from my guests and I feel honored to be a part of their journey and help tell their stories. Thank you to Natalie for sharing her experiences with social media and being a voice for the importance of authenticity and true connections. Thank you to Jack for speaking confidently about taking your own path and doing what makes the most sense for your passions and your interests. Thank you to Aisha for sharing her story about making big decisions and finding your way through those decisions, looking to people in our lives for clarity and support. Thank you to Haley for shining a light on others and supporting big ideas and innovative thoughts and sharing her experiences with entrepreneurship. Thank you to my friends at the Gen Z Think Tank, Kathleen and Lydia, for being a model on how to work collaboratively and effectively across generations. Thank you to my panel of Big Zs and Little Zs for sharing their experiences and insights to help understand the similarities and differences and perspectives of some of the oldest and youngest of this generation. And of course, thank you to my co-author and research partner, Dr. Corey C. Miller, for being a regular guest on this podcast, we've learned so much about this awesome generation, but I feel like the fun is just starting. And the most important thank you yet, thank you for tuning into this episode and for tuning into this season. I started this podcast as a way to learn and share stories, and I'm so glad people want to hear those stories and learn from me and my incredible guests. I'm excited to continue this adventure into season two. As I'm developing season two, I'll be looking for interesting people to have on as guests to share their story. So if you know of a member of Generation Z who I need to chat with, please let me know. I'm always looking for Gen Z young people who are passionate about our topic or have a story to tell. You can send me your suggestions by heading over to meganmgrace.com contact and sending me a note. If you enjoyed season one, you don't want to miss season two, so make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Hashtag Gen Z on your preferred podcast listening platform. Season one of Hashtag Gen Z has been an absolute blast, so thank you for hanging out. Let's continue this conversation in season two. We'll chat soon. Mm-hmm.